Welcome to the Life on Shuffle podcast, a collection of stories about people who have taken chances, embraced the unexpected, and inadvertently discovered their true passion. Today we are interviewing Emily Roberts, an English professor from Elkin, North Carolina. In addition to Emily Roberts, we have also have Alexis, Bella, Patrick, Stone, and Cooper. Emily Roberts is an English professor at CCNTI. She is here with us to talk about how she became an English professor. We are going to start out with a personality shape test. Can I make a correction to the information you provided first? I am from Trap Hill, North oh, Carolina. No one knows where it's at. Don't feel bad. It's close to Elkin. My first uh, teaching job was at North Wilkes. Oh, really? Yeah, I so, went to North Wilkes. Oh, really? So I, I drove from all across Wilkes County, from Boomer to Trap Hill uh, every day. And it was a further drive all in Wilkes County than I drive now across two counties. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm out there. We are going to start out with a personality shape test uh, as an icebreaker. So which one? Which one draws your eye the most? Which one do you oh. think when you first look at it? I want to say the squiggly line, but it's probably the square. So the square is like a very straightforward personality. You like to get things done, all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, with the squiggle, it's very carefree, very go-with-the-flow kind of. Uh, that makes sense because I want to be carefree, but naturally I like to get things done. <laughs> Could you explain what you do for your job? So I teach, and I teach college students, and I teach a lot of early college high school students. Um, do you need to know the details of what I do, or do you just want the general? General right now. We'll go into the okay. details later. I teach English. I teach writing, uh, so um, English 111 and English 112, and research. And then I teach literature. Okay. I'm going to be doing more like the childhood-based questions. Okay. Um, looking back, who was your biggest influence, would you say? My parents and my grandmother, my mom's, uh, my dad's mom. Can you say why? But do you have any reason for that? Um, because of because they were so hardworking and because they were such good role models to me, and because they, um, because they were just so tough, and the stories they told were fascinating, and I could just I don't know they were just they made me feel really special, both of them. Um, from your childhood, from you becoming a teenager, like did you have different occupations that you thought that you might do one day? I thought that I would go to the University of North Carolina at Wilmington and become a marine biologist and study sharks. And that didn't. That's not oh, what that happened. That sounds fun. It does sound fun. When you were a teenager, how did your mental health affect your everyday life? I don't know that I was aware that, as, that I am, uh, that I have high anxiety or that I'm stressed, you know. I don't think I was aware of that. Um, but I, I think I was less stressed then than I am now as a teenager, as a young person. Um, but in hindsight, I do think that I, I was very independent and I wanted to do things all on my own. And so I kind of, I also developed a distrust for adults as a teenager. Um, and so that impacted me. That made me want to be even more independent and self-reliant and maybe willful and not listen. <laughs> So what college did you end up going to? 
since you didn't go to, was it Wilmington, you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went to Wilkes Community College. I started back when I was 23. And then I went from there to Appalachian State University. And then I did, got my master's at Appalachian State. And then I am working on my doctorate at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, so for your kind of background before you went to college, so what did you do like as an occupation sort of? So the first time that I went to college, I was like you guys, I was doing early college, high school, but it was very different at the time. Um, I had to leave school. I did co-op my junior year and I left, high, I had to leave high school. I went half a day and then I went to work. And then for a semester I did, um, college dual enrollment kind of like what you guys do and I went to school for half a day and then I went to the college at night for night classes and then um, I graduated early and attended college full-time and at that point they, it wasn't like it is now for you guys so in terms of careers I worked at a grocery store I worked at Pizza Hut as a waitress <laughs> I worked at my mom I grew up my whole life working at my mom and dad's store um, my entire life. Um, when I graduated from high school, I wanted a car that actually looked kind of nice and was a little newer than my 1989 Oldsmobile. And so I went to work in a factory full time. And from there, uh, when I started back to the college at 23, I had to, um, I changed jobs and I worked as a telemarketer. <laughs> and then, <laughs> sorry, I have a long list. I'm trying to think if that's everything. Um, and then I worked my way through college as a banker. So, sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Um, so, what kind of mindset did you go into college with? The first time I was pretty naive. I thought, you know, I'll just try to figure it out as I go. Um, but the second time when I went back when I was 23, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I had figured that out at that point. Was there anybody who kind of influenced you to become a teacher? Yes. My dad, when I was working in the factory and complaining all the time about what a hard job it was and how much I hated it, and I was thinking about what I wanted to do, my dad would always say, get a job that you love to do, and then you won't have to work a day in your life. That's the solid piece of advice, right? Um, and I was like, yeah, but what is that? And he said, well, you could always just go to work for the post office. They have good insurance, <laughs> work for the government. And he said, or why don't you try substitute teaching? And so that was the job. Substitute teaching was the job that, that made me realize that I wanted to become a teacher. And my dad telling me to take some time and figure it out, try some things, probably was the solid piece of advice. Okay. Um, were there any skills that you learned from college? Oh, yeah. All kinds. Um, Procrastination. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, time management and, um, you know, all the basic stuff that you guys have to deal with every day. Um, managing different tasks, ba balancing deadlines, um, those types of things. But also just making friends, relying on other people, um, knowing when you really need to buckle down and get things done and when you can take a minute to relax and when somebody else can really be helpful to you. I think those are all important skills to have. Ask for help when you need it. That's something you learn in college. Uh, how many times did you change your major? Like, and how many times did you go to college more specifically? 
so I didn't change my major at all. I stuck with what I was going to do, um, teach English. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but when I was working on my bachelor's degree, I had a, uh, a professor who said, you really need to go to graduate school. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I was just going to go be a high school teacher. Um, and she said, you need to go to graduate school. And I was like, okay. So I applied for graduate school and got in. And then while I was working on that, she said, you really need to apply to a PhD program somewhere. And so I did that. And I'm still doing that. <laughs> but I'm still teaching, too, so I haven't cha- it hasn't changed. So how long were you kind of in the stage of you didn't know what you exactly wanted to be for the rest of your life, but you're just trying to figure it out before you decided on becoming an English teacher? From... I was 18, 17 or 18 when I, I was 17 when I graduated from high school and I was 16 when I first started college classes and um, I was 23 when I went back so that's how long it took me but I'm still one I'm still wondering like I'm still you know I love teaching this is my calling I think but I'm lots of other things too and I don't know what all those other things are I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up <laughs> what was one of the biggest impacts that affected your life to get here what was one of the can you say that again like the biggest impacts like was there a certain very specific moment where I, I understand that your dad told you that you should become an English teacher and substituting but like was there a moment during your sub like when you were a sub that you realized you really really wanted to do it yeah I think um, I think substitute teaching and then going through the process of like at Appalachian when you're going to be a teacher you do like an internship um, and you do an apprenticeship and these kinds of things that you have to do in the schools. And um, that was one of the moments for me that it was like, yeah, th- I, this, this is natural for me. Like I had forgotten that I was, I really enjoyed teaching even as a child. Like I enjoyed helping other people and helping them learn things and teaching them skills. I really loved to do that. And I had forgotten that until I started substitute teaching. And there was also a moment substitute teaching middle school that I thought, I'm not going to do this. God made saints for this, and I'm not a saint. I can do little, you know, I could be with little kids all day. Um, I definitely want to hang out with high school students because they're the best. Um, but if I had to teach middle school, I would, I would be crying because it's such a tumultuous time for everybody. Did you have any, like, fears about while you are in the wandering stage where you weren't sure about life in general, you, you didn't want to stay in the same job, or you didn't want to end up stuck in the same town or something like that? Yes, I still worry about that. Like, getting your doctorate tends to make people think you're overqualified, which I think is a ridiculous kind of thing, because if you want to do a job, you should be able to do a job. But getting a doctorate, if you apply for certain positions, they'll tell you you're, you're overqualified. And so I think getting degrees is one of the things that makes you a little anxious about being pigeonholed because I don't want to be, I I love teaching and I hope that I get to stay where I am for a really long time. Um, But should something happen and I have to go back on a market, I don't want to be labeled as one thing, you know? Oh, uh, so one question that I really want to ask is overall, do you feel you have reached your definition of success with your career? I think it depends on how you define success, right? And I think in terms of being where I want to be, I'm really happy with where I am. Um, But I think that as a teacher, you gauge your success by how your students are feeling and 
experiencing things. And so every time I get those evaluations at the end of the semester and I have positive comments, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm good. And then when I get some negative comments, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm the worst. I need to do better. <laughs> do you think you've made impacts on anybody? I think I have. I would like to think that I have. I've had students tell me that I've made a big impact on them. Um, and I hope that it's always positive because I know that there are the teachers that can have a negative yeah. impact. And I don't want to be that teacher that someone says, gosh, I wish I hadn't had Miss Roberts. I wish she hadn't <laughs> told me that thing that has changed my life for the negative. <laughs> what are some barriers you may have reached while trying to help the students? I think that the timeline, I think just generally having to learn something, having to teach something and learn something in a timeline is a real challenge. Um, putting that, here are the outcomes that you have to reach and here's the amount of time that you have to reach these outcomes. Because I think that most of the time people determine success by like grades or GPAs or whatever, we, yeah. we have that in, you know tendency to do that. But that's really not what it's about. If a student shows growth throughout the semester, then I feel really successful with that. And I want them to feel that way too. And to have to assign a grade, grades are challenging for me. That's an obstacle because to have to assign your growth a grade feels wrong to me. Does that make sense? That's yeah. an, so timelines and obstacles, the rules, basically all the rules yeah. are obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you would change inside your job? Change about my job? Yeah. And like, why would you change it? Um, all of the like administrative stuff like the paperwork stuff like whether yeah. you were in class today or not or whether you um just the administrative tasks because i i think and of course that's necessary and it makes things yeah. work well and if i take attendance then i know that you've missed two days then i can be more concerned about you or whatever but um all those little things i think tend to make learning like institutionalized in some way that makes it less fun for you and it also makes it less fun for me that I have to say hey you've been absent twice or whatever yeah what would you uh, what would be your favorite thing about your career my favorite thing about my career is working with students absolutely yeah like seeing these personalities seeing people learn and grow and get it the light bulb going off for a student is the best feeling ever for I think for me yeah it's good to know that the the highs and lows and the the pros and cons are the same at the community college level that they are at the the high school level um so you said you thought you might want to teach high school mm -hmm. it, was it just the fact that you went to grad school and you're like well you know i can i have this other opportunity like when was it that you decided to make the switch to a community college level i think that's a really great question and a lot of people ask me that in job interviews yeah. um I still get to teach high school students, and so I love that, and community college. And even when I was teaching at the university level as a graduate student, I was teaching freshmen predominantly, so they're still high school students. They yeah. just are, you know, they just were high school students last semester, right? Yeah. So um, the demographic really hasn't changed. One of the things that I really like about the community college level is when we get students in who are coming back after a long time, and I, and I can relate to those students as well, adult learners who – maybe are a little unsure but they're excited to be here and they're they're wanderers also and they're wandering yeah. into my classroom hoping <laughs> that they can see what comes of that 
and I really love to be able to make an impact on those people as well. So community college lets me have the best of both worlds, I think. That's good. So when you finish your, your the whatever the PhD program yep. is, uh, is it English-based? Yeah, it's literature. Okay, yeah. so do you feel like you would move even higher? You're just, no, you're just going no to have intention. a doctorate at a community a, college? Absolutely, 100%. That's great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And then the, I'll have to give assign my students the task of figuring out what to call me because I miss R right now. Oh. So I, I think Dr. R is not going to work real well. So maybe I'll just be Doc or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yo, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think your younger self would think of you now? Like if you could see yourself like where you are in life. I think she would be relieved. Like there is a lot of pressure, I think, on young people to do something important or decide something long term and and make commitments and those types of things and um I think there's a lot of pressure for that and I think we have time like you have a long life our lives are are fairly long and so I think um you know if I haven't if I haven't done the most important thing that I'm going to do in my life I will at some point right like it'll happen but I think I have done the most important thing by having my little baby <laughs> Uh, so if you had the choice, hypothetically, if you could go back in time and be the marine biologist that you, your younger self wanted you to be, would you do it? No, absolutely stay? not. I, I, I love teaching students. I get off during the summer, right? So I can go play with sharks and fish and be in the water all summer and come back here to do my job in the mountains in the fall. Best of both worlds. Yeah. What do you guys think that you want to do? Do you feel this pressure to be something or do something? Yes. <laughs> How are you taking that? For, for me personally, I'm not extremely stressed, so. Good. So yeah. you're kind of just taking he's it as it he's comes. He's a squiggle. <laughs> he's a squiggle. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of pressure in my family because, like, my older siblings, like, I have eight siblings. So, and most of them are pretty successful. So, I don't know. I feel like my parents kind of expect the same thing out of me. So, I'm trying. You're going to be great at whatever yeah. it is you do. I <laughs> think that's the thing to take away from. Just be good at whatever it is you do. Be good at it. You'll be yeah. great. I'm just trying to be, I'm a circle people pleaser. Uh, and I'm trying to make my parents happy and proud of me and what I do, all my grades and all that stuff. I'm a squiggle, so I'm very creative. I love to paint, so... It's really hard to find something that I enjoy doing because, like, I just feel like I have to live up to my parents' expectations. And so, like, being very creative in my family is very hard. <laughs> I can relate to that. I can. My, my parents didn't um, put a lot of pressure on me, and I think times have changed a little bit, too, so that, you know, I think all parents just want to want their kids to do well and be happy and I think they think that if you do well you'll be happy right I think my parents wanted the same thing for me one of the things I thought earlier when I was looking over the questions that you guys gave me kind of in advance to think about um, one of the things that I think that made a huge impact in my life was coming to the realization in my 20s that my parents actually were really wise I didn't think about them that way. I thought they're, I really honestly, when I was in high school, thought, um, 
my parents want to help me. I know that they love me. They're great. They're great influences, right? But I also felt like they want to tell me what to do, right? <laughs> and I was very independent. So I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Um, so in my 20s, I realized um, all the wisdom that they're imparting to me, it's because they have it to give. Like they're trying to gift that to me. And sometimes I think when you're a teenager, you don't realize that that's what's happening. You think, gosh, get off my back, Dad, right? <laughs> like, give me a break. But I think um, they, and the older you get and the more wisdom you have, the more you want to try to impart that to other folks because you know, like, you've kind of been where they are, right? So I wish I had known sooner that my parents were wise and that they were just trying to share their wisdom. So as somebody who has heard all of the interviews, I, I get a glimpse into kind of the common thread between them all. And, and Bella, you started it with a, your question about the, your younger self, what would you think about now? And then Patrick, whatever your, the next question was. Go back in life and change it. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was all like the marine biology. And then you got to say like, oh, I get to still do that. Mm-hmm. So go all the way back at the very beginning, your dad told you like, hey, if you, do what, do you, what love. you love you'll never work a day in your life and so many people had this idea like oh i love this and alexis i was going to mention like the fact that you love art it's great if you can make that a career but if you can't don't stop doing it you might find that there's a whole other thing that it is out there that you want to do for a living but you always have the art um, I can't remember who it was. Somebody the other day was like, oh, I know if I did that, I would hate it. I would immediately stop loving whatever their hobby was. So all of that kind of underlined in the room, I kind of wanted to point out that it it's okay to have a hobby and let's not force hobbies into careers. If it happens, like, that's great, you know, but don't force something that you're going to end up not, not liking, whatever. Um, so I, that kind of hit in the room real fast. I wanted to make sure every, I pointed that out for everybody out there to, to hear. I think that's really important. I think um, at the community college, I had a, I, I had an English instructor who was like, yes, if you're going to teach high school students, teach English. You love that. It's really great. But then I had a biology instructor who was like, oh, no, you need, if you're going to go be a teacher, you need to focus on science. Money's in the sciences. And he said, you can read for fun. <laughs> And then when I was working on my doctorate, I had to decide on a specialty. And I always really loved the romantic poets. And so I made like a concerted effort not to study them because I, I enjoyed it so much. I didn't want to have to break it down and think about the fact that those guys weren't really inspired to just write this poetry while they hung out under trees. They actually practiced it and revised it. And I didn't want to know that. I didn't want yeah. the mystery behind it. To be law, to I didn't want to know that, so I chose to study Shakespeare instead. So, you're even though you are a college teacher and you sometimes teach freshmen, is there a possibility you would actually go to like a lower level in like a high school class, like in actual high school and teach? I would, so. yeah, I would do that if someone offered me the job and I liked it and I thought I could make a difference there, I would absolutely do that. Like teaching freshmen would be fun. That's fine. It's great. Middle school is just traumatic for everybody. Uh, and I love middle schoolers. Don't get me wrong. If there are any middle, middle schoolers listening, I love, I love you and appreciate you and value you. But there's just a lot going on in middle school. So I'm too high anxiety for all, the, all that happens in middle school. 
makes me nervous thinking about it. If I had to go back to middle school, I think I would, myself as a human, I would not want to live those years again. <laughs> I probably should, I don't know whether I should mention or not that I flunked out of college my first semester at, at the community college. Should I tell you that? My grandfather passed. Did you guys know that? Yeah. So I was 17. I actually was 16 when I started the college and I um, had turned 17 and my I had was fully enrolled at all my college classes, right? Like I took my English class first and did well in it. Um, but then I was fully enrolled in the spring semester and my grandfather died in January and that was really a traumatic experience for me. And so I kind of just dropped the ball on those spring courses. And so if you look at my transcript right now, that first, that second, like, spring semester in college at the community college are, like, WWWFC. <laughs> um, but then um, I went back when I was 23, and I have not made anything below an A- minus since. So it's not about your ability sometimes. It's about the mindset that you bring to that experience. And I wasn't, I was checked out. I mean, that, that was a major traumatic experience for me in my lifetime, and so I kind of just checked out. And I think, if anything, like if you guys, if you need someone to tell you that sometimes f you have failures as you make it on your way to success, I think that's an important thing for you guys to know as young people. Like, you're going to fall down sometimes, and it's not about the fact that you fell down. It's what you do when you get back up, right? Like, yeah. it happens to all of us. And that's important to know. To add on about you saying it's all about the mindset, basically, would you agree? I know I've heard it a thousand times, but on the internet, would you agree that just the way you think can determine your outcome in life? I'm not sure that it can determine the outcome because I think you have to think about, um, I think people have to decide for themselves what outcomes mean for them, right? Yeah. But I absolutely think that mindset can can change your life in all kinds of ways like it can have if you go into something with a negative mindset it's going to make that experience different than if you go into it with a positive mindset or if you go into something with an anxious mindset like I do sometimes um, it can make the experience a little more scary than it has to be do you have any advice or words of <coughs> wisdom that you'd like to share to students I feel like I have. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure that I have anything. Um, I don't know. Just trust yourself. Like, trust yourself. You've made it this far, right? You've had your parents' help. You have all this guidance. Reach out for help if you need help. But, like, trust trust yourself. Trust yourself. You guys are pretty smart and on top of things. Like, trust yourself. You're going to figure it out. I wish someone had told me that. There was somebody else, I, I, I wish I could remember who it was, uh, on those same lines, it was trust yourself, but also trust yourself in understanding that it's, uh, that you're going to be able to overcome failures too. So like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like they got the, the young ambition, which we should always embrace, but then, you know, that doesn't always work out. So being able to say like, get up, don't give up, keep going. And then they... Every, in all the stories, they suddenly uncover what it was that they were like really love, and it seems like they were always meant to do. So yeah. I mean, 
all of that, I, I think, is a, a good message to kind of end on you. Absolutely. And it's a process. Like life, it's a process. It's a journey. You know, like we tend to think about outcomes and endpoints and those types of things. But if you're so focused on getting there, sometimes you don't enjoy the trip, right? Like you don't enjoy the time that you're, what you're experiencing. Thank you to Emily Roberts for joining us today. Today's episode was recorded on May 2nd. This episode was produced by Alexis, and it was hosted by Patrick, Bella, and...